Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. We hope you are encouraged by today's episode. Welcome back to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. It is always good to be with my buddy, John Bailey. How you doing, bud? I am doing fantastic. Good to be here again today. So. And we have a guest here again this week. He was with us last week. And uh, Dr. Jerry Nance, how you doing, man? Great, great. Good to be with you guys. I can tell by that accent you're from New York City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right out of the Bronx. You know? <laughs> yeah, born and raised in Magnolia, Arkansas. So people, I, I travel up north and they say, just talk. We just want to hear you talk. You know, so. <laughs> well, you got yeah. three Southerners here at the table. Yeah. Uh, well, it's... Is Arkansas the South? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It sure is. All right. Well, <laughs> well Jerry, Jerry Nance has been one of my heroes over the years. <laughs> and the last couple months, I've been able to get to know him. I got it. If you're watching today, this is one of the most awesome guys. He leads uh, International Teen Challenge for years. That now is, is the uh, chairman of the board. And, man, we are so uh, just honored to have you with us today, Brother Jerry. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, Jerry— Today, we want to just kind of dive in. Last week, we talked about how to help families Mm -hmm. that were dealing with addiction. Today, we want to dive a little bit deeper into the whole issue of addiction and what its causes are and things like Mm -hmm. that. So just start by giving us an introduction to addiction. Okay. Well, you know, nobody wakes up and says, I want to be a drug addict. No, Nobody has that as their life's goal or dream. And and it it so often starts just as somebody playing around with mm-hmm. something because their friends introduce them to it or whatever. But the you know the use and abuse of drugs and there's different impacts based on what it is you're using from marijuana to crystal meth or crack cocaine or whatever and all those different different kind of uh, drugs. Of course, fentanyl now is on such a rise that it can be laced in any one of those sure. drugs I just yeah. mentioned. Yep. So that becomes, you mentioned in our last show, the that fentanyl was coming into Colorado, but it's coming in everywhere in the world. In Fiji, our Teen Challenge program in Fiji, fentanyl is one of the biggest issues wow. there. So drugs, you know, the impact of drugs, and for anyone listening that is just struggling with drugs, it it's so, so challenging. It's such a... Um, a um, once you get it's a behavior that you start and it's you, you it's kind of like you started riding a bicycle and you just can't figure out how to get off of this thing and there's a lot of good intentions people start with good intentions and it is such a progressive addiction starts with us just just daily playing around with it some on weekends to daily occupation to a full-blown addiction and then just out of control to where you can't control it and for anyone here, you may at any be, you know, your listeners or their loved one may be at any one of those levels of getting, uh, you know, a, a attracted or, or sucked into this. And so oftentimes there's always a reason why or how somebody got into addiction. And very rarely, you know, it's because I wanted to use drugs and I wanted to use it enough to be an addict. Nobody ever yeah, says that. Sure. And in my experience, and Teen Challenge works, we, we say we kind of end up working with the worst of the worst. We work with a, a whole lot of people that, that have enormous amounts of pain that was the originator of the whys they started. Well, I remember, you know, I've read The Crossing the Switchblade 
probably 20 times yeah. at least through the years. And I do remember that at one point, you know, Brother Dave was talking about how they were seeing drug addicts sort of really, no, other, not sort of, supernaturally set free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they would discover that if in a many, many cases they would revert right. back to addiction because the issue wasn't the drugs. Right. There were underlying addictions. And I think that's what you're talking right. about. Yeah. So what yeah. are what are what's probably the number one um, underlying issue that you see related to? Yeah, addiction? I can I can answer that very quickly. It's abuse. The number one reason why individuals are using and are abusing drugs is some form of abuse, either verbal abuse or sexual abuse. I mean, that's that's the number one driving force for people to to find relief from their pain. Gotcha. John, did so, you yeah. see that you, you pastored in a, a church and you know, both of us lived overseas. You lived in a European context mm -hmm. where things were probably a little bit more open and free. I lived in the Middle East where things were not open and free. But, of course, that doesn't mean they weren't there. They were just under the surface. So we both lived in context where drug addiction is 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 rampant. What did you see in the church world? Did, I mean, it'd be nice to think that this doesn't enter the church, but mm -hmm. that would be naive. Oh, it would it would be naive and very false. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I do want to say for people that are watching today, I think this is important to be said. So we're not talking like a hundred percent. So th there may be somebody that's watching today, and they're they're going, you know, I have a child or a loved one that has fallen fallen into addiction. That doesn't necessarily mean that abuse was, you know, was right. in their family. Right. Uh, so, but I think that what uh, Dr. Jerry is saying is that when you look at the overall numbers, it's the number one trigger or indicator. And so one of the things that I have found through church, and I think is why why church is so important, is because you're setting good culture. And I think that when you have healthy churches, healthy pastors pastor healthy churches. Healthy churches tend to have healthy marriages that then happen to have uh, healthy families. And the more that the church can really find those healthy places, it means that then children are being raised in healthy environments. Because when you when you find that children are in positions, places, families, or churches, and they're unhealthy environments, that's when I have found that that it increases the chances. It's not an excuse. Uh, hey, you should always do the right thing. But what happens is. It creates it, it creates these underlying tensions in a person's life that maybe for another person they would uh, experiment with drugs or alcohol to some level and then they go hey I don't really want to get caught in that life yeah. but the people who tend to gravitate and stay in those places are covering a lot of underlying issues yeah. and those underlying issues because most of the time in the church. We just want we want to deal with the surface issues. Oh, we have to fix the drugs and the alcohol. But if you can get to some of those root areas uh, and hopefully have a healthy environment that children are raised in, it will really help to curtail the long term effects of abuse. Sure, it sounds completely reasonable. Yeah. Uh, what, what would be the 
maybe, and I don't know if we want to rank number one, yeah. number two, number three, but what's another underlying yeah. issue, Jerry? Well, Pastor John nailed it. Uh, just because I say abuse is the number one cause, it doesn't mean every addict was abused because that's just not true. And that could create tremendous shame in families Absolutely. to think that, you know, all of a sudden, if 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 the if it comes out that my child is an addict, right. that then they start looking at you and going, "Oh, what's going on in your family?" Right. Yeah. And right. Then, so yeah, that's not accurate. But I will I'll tell you that the 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 state of marriage, the broken homes with uh, children that feel uh, the impact from broken homes that we have a large, you know, when I'm talking, I'm talking about the percentage of students coming into our care. Sure. So they've come through some really, really hardships that doesn't all doesn't necessarily reflect those that are going into, let's say, short term programs or outpatient counseling or to church for counseling or care. But what I'm talking about is really those individuals that are coming into our program because of some pretty strong issues in their homes. So mm-hmm. div- divorce and separation and the problems that come with that, children often uh, own that problem as if something I did wrong and I couldn't help. You know, we've got situations where, you know, th- there's a new dad that I've got to kind of uh, gravitate and figure out how to enjoy and now potentially love. And I've got a new mom now mm-hmm. that I've got to figure this all out. So these kids are tossed between and oftentimes used. Sure. They're being used to manipulate the others or or make the other person angry or upset because and they're just this one lets them do everything. This one has rules and boundaries. It's just a mess. But they find themselves in gravitating to their friends who are now starting to use and abuse drugs. The majority of every high school kid in America has used or abused drugs at some level. And, and it's it's kind of scary. So the percentages are so high now. Well, I mean, I know when I was a teenager, I experimented. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, that's what, it, what it, most of it was, was yeah. curiosity, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And, of course, trying to fit into a particular group. Right. You know, fortunately, I had a good family right. that I came out of. And so pretty early on, I was like, yeah, Matt, this isn't for me. Yeah. You know, and because I, I, I could see the destructiveness in right. other people's, you know, lives. And so, but... But if you've got that void you're trying to fill, right? You know, so either you've got a pain you're trying to numb, or right. you've got a void you're trying to fill. Right. It's easy to look to. Well, a and substance. even things as simple as insecurity. I mean, insecurity. Mm-hmm. When you think about, I I, I go to school and I, I'm I'm considered a out out of the group. I, I was going to say a nerd or somebody that's that's just not. You just don't fit in. And you're so insecure about that that you're you, when you use drugs or alcohol, you can kind of not feel so insecure, and so they u- start using stuff to t- help them feel more bold or more. So cocaine will certainly help you feel a little more ab- aggressive and more uh, aware of, of of not being afraid of people or intimidated. And so there's there's different drugs that happen like that, but the the impact of use and abuse of drugs it just starts happening so fast in some people's lives. Like some people will tell you, I used meth one time and I was hooked. Mm. I mean, one use. Somebody kept telling me to try it, try it, and I mean, they used it one time and they said that was it. From then on, I sold everything I could sell. I, I did everything I had to do. And, and you'll often hear people say, I did things that I never dreamed I would do to get drugs. And so they've 
hurt their own self-esteem and their own love for themselves or others. They break the hearts of their families because of some of the behaviors. And Mm -hmm. they don't intend to, to be cruel or to hurt others. I mean, by and large, like we had a, a fella come in the program, and he he was so brokenhearted because he said, "I bet I, he was separated from his wife. He had two children, and he said, I, I I went on Christmas Eve. I knocked on the door of my 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 ex-wife's house and said, "Honey, please let me sleep on the couch tonight. I just want to be there for Christmas tomorrow morning. No, get off my yacht lot yard." And he just begged her and begged her. Finally, she gave in, opened the door, and let him spend the night on the couch. Well, the next morning, she gets up, and all of the Christmas gifts are gone. In the night, he realized he needed more drugs, and he stole all of his kids' Christmas gifts and his wife's Christmas gifts and took them to sell drugs. Well, he felt so much pain from his own behavior but she let him in, and she's now never going to let him near the sure. house again, right? <laughs> For so, the kids. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. he is living now and owning how horrible addiction can be in a person's life. And, and so I can tell you stories all day long about the pain of what happens. But these people are not horrible people. They're good people. They These drugs, the impact on their minds and and their emotions, and sometimes it starts creating, you know, we're hearing more and more today about mental illness that can come into, and some of the challenges, you know, kind of different uh, uh, characteristics that start coming in and really hurting hurting them. Well, one of the, you know, I, I just read a lot on this subject, and one of the major issues that adolescents are dealing with today is anxiety. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I know that they look to that is one of the main use reasons for turning to particularly marijuana mm-hmm. is trying to help right. with anxiety. Right. Do you see that? Absolutely. Uh, anxiety is a big issue with teens today. And they're and, you know, what we find oftentimes, at least when the kids come to our care, is the over prescribing of drugs mm-hmm. to where they're getting uh, Adderall to try to, you know, for behavioral issues, ADHD and all these. And, you know, when you when you think about the medical industry, if a, a licensed mental health counselor and let's say even some great organization like a Catholic Charities, who's they're counseling, they're helping, they're there to do do good things work, for yeah. people. And they do. But they don't get paid if they spend an hour counseling, if they don't hit certain of the GSM-4 counseling codes, they've got to, they got to prescribe some kind of a label on this child or this person, or they don't get paid for the hour. Well, a lot of kids come through the doors and a lot of people have labels. You know, I'm this and I'm that I'm antisocial. I'm, uh, you know, I've got behavioral issues. I've got all these labels and it becomes so hard for them to now say, well, I have this excuse to, to do what I do instead of, and, and we're, we're there to say, listen, there are some individuals that truly have some, let's say, chemical imbalances, absolutely need medication to help them control the highs and the lows, the manic and the depression and all. But, but I, I just say, you know, to the people that God loves them and, and, and there is hope for them to get through and over 
the extreme ver- experiences and extreme circumstances of what abuse does in these homes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the power of the gospel? Uh-oh. Is that where this world and people sometimes want to label us and then we want to label ourselves and then it puts right. us into a category and then we can sometimes reinforce that by right. by saying, well, this is just who I am. Um, and here's here's the great equalizer is Jesus came and died on a cross. Amen. And now he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit. So rather than allowing those things to define us, uh, let God define us. Right. Find the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you walk through those times, you're not allowing a doctor or a therapist or anyone to uh, to define you, which which brings me to an issue, and I want to ask this question because it seems like when we talk when we talk about uh, people that are dealing with addictions, they can be some of the nicest people. Oh yeah, I mean, really, some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet uh, have dealt with some incredible addictions. But I think the one thing that I find that's consistent is the lack of discipleship. And so uh, it's really important if you have a child or a loved one or someone in your church and they're dealing with the insecurities or dealing with the anxieties. Um, you know, sometimes in church we want to sing all the great songs and have flashing lights, but the discipleship is really so important to get one-on-one and to have the church environment. Yeah. Maybe this is for pastors and leaders to really get into the issues yeah take the issues on and let Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit confront those issues. Right. Uh, maybe you would just take a moment and and help us to see the the power of of confronting those things with the truth of God's right. word so that we don't leave people with their addictions. Amen. Well, totally what you're talking about is is so spot on because in in our program over a 12 month period, like one of our courses is called Anger and Personal Rights. Well, people that have been hurt, they're managing levels of anger, uh, you know, from mild to to uh, furious and, and I yep. mean, rage, which is defined as temporary loss of sanity. So, uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So you, you're going to see that. And what we've come to do with our counselors and our team, and, and, and when we start studying those courses, you'll, you'll start identifying biblical principles for the management of anger and how to forgive. Mm. Because if they have a lot of hurts because someone else did something to them, then they're going to have this anger that kind of sits and simmers and if they've been abused, then they're going to have a lot of that anger, and it raises, it lowers, it comes, it goes. It impacts their ability to make good decisions for themselves because of the hurt and 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 the bitterness that, that surfaces. So that biblical counseling, teaching, and helping them to own their own addiction and, and agreeing, hey, I'm responsible for my part of this. And that's something very important for the person that's struggling with drugs is you got to own it before anybody can help you. Yep. But secondly, if you can open up to somebody else helping you, then then you can deal with anger and personal rights. We talk about relationships and how to restore, but it's all from a biblical paradigm. So that time we have in the classroom and in chapel and and our staff and the other students coaching along the way while they're working along. I mean, we, we had a student get a letter from his wife, divorce, 
saying, I'm, I'm selling your truck, which I think that was the worst part of it. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to divorce you. Well, he walks out after he reads his letter and starts playing basketball with the other guys. Well, he elbows one of our students, breaks his nose, blood running down his face. Well, this guy's ready to kill him. I mean, now we're fixing to have a full-blown fight, and and a lot of guys like to jump in on all that. So we're trying to control all this while we're trying to let them play basketball to get some of the testosterone out. But he was reacting to some pain as a result of the loss of his wife, his family, and all of that. And so we didn't kick him out of the program, but striking someone is the first way to get kicked out of the program. But knowing what he had just understood, we said, look, let's set this thing aside and let's deal with what is happening in you and help them biblically find a way to find freedom from that kind of reaction, number one, but two, that anger and that hurt. And I mean, we've, uh, there's, the addicts can hurt others and also yeah. parents can hurt others. We, we had a situation and where this is from Siberia, a student was robbing his mother. I mean, just taking, a, there, it was a divorce scenario and this woman had very little, but her son just kept abusing her verbally and he wasn't hitting her or hurting her, but he was taking all her money all the time and she couldn't pay rent, couldn't buy groceries. She was just so upset that she paid uh, a fella to take him hunting one night. And he was so excited, this person, this this addict, because someone was taking him hunting and took a little interest in him. And he was all excited about it, not knowing his mother had contracted this fella to kill him and <laughs> took him out, out into the backwoods of Siberia. <laughs> To kill him. Thanks a lot, Mom. Yeah. Of, yeah. Well, but but that's how desperate this woman was because yeah. her son at that point to her was hopeless. Yeah, it shows the pain. Oh, uh, level. that level yeah, of pain. Sure. Well, the, it's pit dark The uh, uh, as the story goes. He said it was so dark you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. But they were out there and this guy, we were just talking and kind of making friends and then walking through this deep snow and said he heard this click. And he said, what was that? And the guy starts talking to him about his mother had paid him to kill him. And the fella couldn't do it. So they sit down and build a fire and start talking and laughing all night and drinking vodka, you know, <laughs> and getting drunk. <laughs> well, he then now heads back home while the fella calls, hey, I couldn't do it. He knows you better be careful. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. But. Yeah, just it, that's such an example of how things can get out of control so fast when when there's pain and and suffering. Well, he goes home. Mom moved out. She she left her apartment, left everything, and ran from him. But in that desperation, she went into a local church, not knowing it was a Teen Challenge church in Russia, and came to know Christ. And then when her son finally caught up with her, I was still angry at her. She just wept and said, son, I was so desperate for you, but there's a program for you, and I want you to know that I want you to find help. Long story short, he goes into the Teen Challenge program, gets radically saved as a result of the time of discipleship and care, and begins to understand the love of God, anger and personal rights, because we've translated them into Russia, and Russian, and and finds this freedom, 
And now today he is the director of a program with a hundred men in it, you know, yeah. and, in Siberia, <laughs> in yes. Siberia. And if you give, Hallelujah. To, if you give to world challenge missions, you actually are helping to support absolutely. that program because that's one of our partners that, on the ground. Absolutely. And thank you to world challenge. Uh, world challenge has been a dear, dear friend to, to, to global teen challenge and partnering in projects all over the world. So all the dollars that come from your donors truly do help, you know, Teen Challenge. I know at multiple locations, Guatemala, other places around the world that y'all have invested directly or indirectly, but even in investing in global and how we're helping, we've opened uh, 62 new nations since 2006, where Mm -hmm. we have launched new Teen Challenge programs where the same kind of help and hope can come. So even through COVID and every, you know, I got to tell you, as a pastor, I've heard a lot of stories. That is one of the best stories <laughs> I've ever, I mean, just a gospel redeeming. This lady is paid to have her son <laughs> killed, killed yeah. and then winds up getting saved. And then her son gets saved and he's a Teen Challenge yeah. director. Yeah. That is the power of the gospel. So if there's anybody watching today and you've lost hope and you think, you're, you know, you or your kid has gone too far. Man, with Jesus, you never go too far. Amen. 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 Well, there's such fun stories like this around the world. Uh, I remember a a couple out of Serbia years ago. They were both heroin addicts into dark gothic music and everything. And and they decided we're going to move to London and we're going to get into the industry and really make a lot of money. And he was a talented guitarist and all. And and she was just a beautiful Serbian girl, and they were, but they were just so addicted to heroin. They end up living in the subways of of London, and someone handed Svetlana a crossing switchblade, and she oh, starts wow. reading this, you know, crossing switchblade, shooting heroin, and reading the crossing switchblade. So I don't know that I would recommend that, <laughs> but but she kept hearing, and it was the first time she had ever heard that there was hope. For somebody from addiction, that somebody actually got free from addiction. So Nikki's story and other stories. And so she read it and they 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 finally went back to Serbia and and she said they had partied all night on a Saturday night, stoned out of their minds, but on a Sunday morning they woke up as she woke up and said, I want to go to church. She had never been to church, didn't know which one to pick. She just saw a church that had a cross on the top of it and went inside, sat on the back row, and it was a full gospel church. And she's sitting there, and this preacher, she said, he preached everything straight at me all day. All, you know, and that's how it is if you're under conviction. Sure, and God, and she thought he was talking. How does she? How does he know everything yeah, about me? Yeah. You ever have people go, did you bunk my house, Pastor? <laughs> no, that's God. Yeah. And he, she went yeah. to the altar and accepted the Lord and went home and said to Sasha, Sasha, you got to come. These are nice people. They're friendly. Yeah. You got to come. They're not judgmental. And so he comes and sits on the back row, and he is a tough Serbian, just macho guy, deep Gothic kind of music stuff. He doesn't have, he's not an easy sell. Preacher preaches, loves them. And he said, this guy just read my mail, and, and, and he went down, got saved. And then the church just loved on him and said, listen, we've got a, we got a room in the church here We'll put you up and love on you. And and they just discipled them. They became the Teen Challenge directors of Serbia in time. So uh, somebody handed off a cross and switchblade book in London, never knew, probably ever heard what happened to that 
gospel witness, mm. a power of Christ to change a life. And then now Fitzlana has passed away and gone on to be with Christ. Some of her health issues from addiction, mm. you know, mm. took her a bit early. But you just know that around the world, God does what God does in his own time, in his own way. Yeah. So. Uh, if by some chance you're listening to the podcast and you're not actually familiar with the crossing the switchblade, um, it tells the story of David Wilkerson going to New York City, his engagement with gang members mm-hmm. and drug addicts, and it really tells the story of how both World Challenge and Teen Challenge work come mm-hmm. into existence. Yes. And so you can actually get it from our yep. website. Absolutely. And so go to worldchallenge.org to the resources page, and you can actually find it there. So we'd encourage yeah. you to read that. You got to hear this story. I mean, I love telling stories, but you got to hear this one. <laughs> there was an alcoholic in Czech Republic, just stumbling, out of her mind, alcoholic, just hopeless and freezing cold weather. And she's really, really cold. She she climbs into a dumpster in in Prague, pulls all this paper over top of her to try to stay warm for the night, mm. and she goes to sleep. She wakes up the next morning, and in front of her is this, this big, long document that has been handwritten, and it was a copy of the cross and switchblade handwritten, translated by somebody into the Czech language. Why it's in the trash can— God ordained it, I guess, to be there. Well, she ain't got nothing better else to do other than you pray that God doesn't send the dump truck to, to empty the trash. But she lays there and reads the entire cross and the switchblade in the dumpster and asks Christ into her life. In the dumpster. In the dumpster, <laughs> comes to know Christ. Wow. And then gets up, gets out of the dumpster and starts walking around Prague and, and trying to figure out what does this all mean? And she sees the Teen Challenge sign and comes and knocks on the door and says, hey, this, who are you guys? But this is what happened. And I read about this story. And so <laughs> the power of the, the written page, for one thing, but that gospel and written form. And so crossing the switchblades all over this earth. God has used David Wilkerson's book, World Challenge has helped. And we've partnered even on the cross and switchblade. We've translated it into God knows how many different languages to try to do that. And you guys have helped us with so much. But what a fun time to watch God do some neat things in the lives of of individuals that are hurting. And, And if someone's there today listening, there's hope. I don't care what's going on in your life and or how bad it is. You know, give somebody a call, reach out and touch somebody because there's hope. Well, you know, one of the things I absolutely love about the gospel that nobody else, no other institution can can really live up to this. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Yeah. You know, that God can create or recreate, take the most broken. Yeah. And he can restore it. He can redeem it. And life can actually be better yeah. on the other yeah. side oh, yeah. than it was pre-addiction. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things I love about the gospel is that Jesus, through the cross, re- re- he removes both our guilt and yeah. our shame. Yeah. And mm-hmm. my experience in dealing with addicts through the years is that every addict deals with guilt yeah. and shame. Oh, absolutely. You're right. And yeah. only the gospel Mm-hmm. can remove those. Right. You know, there are other approaches. There, you know, we're, 
we want to see people get help. Right. You know, but but at the core of this, we also want to see them get eternal help. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want to say to maybe somebody that's out there and you're you're watching today and maybe you're struggling with some things, um, you know, uh, man, don't don't ignore it any longer. Um, and today is the day there's help. Right. There's hope. But you have to take a step. Yeah. And that step can be a girl in a dumpster that, that picks up a book and starts to, to read about the testimonies of God's yeah. transforming power. But then she had to take a step into the teen challenge. And then there's many steps after that. Yeah. And, and coming out of addiction is a series of steps, but it's letting God get into your heart. And then it's just that simple obedience of Lord, what's the next step? Right. And and when you start to have a series of good steps, you find yourself in this this broken, empty place, and God can really take you right. to the amazing, uh, beautiful places that He wants to take you. But right. you you have to take that step of obedience. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. And we we see restoration. We have so much hope for every person that walks through our doors. And I mean, I. You you know when they walk through the door, you you can tell quickly in their eyes. Yeah. You look at their eyes, you can see the hopelessness, you can see the pain, you can see the suffering, and you can see there's a there's a history, there's a weight on them, their shoulders are drooping oftentimes, mm-hmm. and it, it's just it's just the witness of of suffering. Yeah. So we see it all the time. You know, one of the things that I love in a lot of the teen challenges, they'll do intake pictures mm-hmm. and then they'll be <laughs> yeah. like, then they do their graduation oh, pictures. Yeah. And you see this like, you know, sometimes, I mean, you could just tell they're drug addicts and drooping and yeah. and everything. And then by the time they're graduating, you see the smile, yep. you see the joy, and it just comes out in such a powerful way. Yeah, That's the power of the gospel. Oh, it is. Transformation yeah. is a beautiful thing to watch. And yeah. I think that's why I love, I mean, I've never been on drugs. I, I, I never smoked a cigarette. You know, I just was not one of those. I, I was raised in a hellfire and brimstone kind of a home that you were doing anything you did, you're going to hell for. And so narrow is the know, way and ain't nobody yeah, getting in. I had the wrong perspective of grace maybe, but sure. but it did keep me from some things that I shouldn't have gotten involved in. But then I, I truly learned, really, I fell in love with Christ and started street witnessing. And the first person I ever led to Christ was on the streets in El Dorado, Arkansas one night about midnight. And, and I, this young man, I just started talking to him about Christ. And he said, I said, would you like to pray? And he said, yes. And he knelt down. And I'm like, you could have stood up and we could have prayed because everybody and these <laughs> other kids are in a parking lot looking at us now. And I'm like, I'm a 16-year-old kid that's now embarrassed that I've asked this guy to pray with me. So I got on my knees and I prayed with this kid and he accepted Jesus. And then he said, listen, I'm using drugs and I'm, I can't control this thing. Can you help me? I'm a 16-year-old kid <laughs> with no clue about I said, I don't know anything about how to help you. But those guys over there, I had some long-haired Jesus people that I was hanging, mm-hmm. that were taking a street street <laughs> witness. And, and, uh, and so I said, but those guys can help you. So I took yeah. him over to them and got him help. So the pers- first person I ever led to Christ was a drug addict. And, and I don't know, maybe that's wow. where it was. And then when I was about 14 or 15, I read the cross and switchblade and went to Shreveport, Louisiana and heard David Wilkerson preach. And I was like, dude, this guy's powerful. You know, I was like, wow. But yeah. 
just my entire career has been working with people that hurt. And I just just feel like every child deserves a chance. Every person deserves an opportunity to understand and experience this restoration power and this this grace that God has and the and the power of of your life mattering because God endowed every individual with gifts and talents for them to do so much more with their life. And I believe they're just waiting. The timing is now for them to see and experience. And they're so gifted. They're so talented. Some of them are so much fun because, I mean, they, they, they're not afraid of anything. No, they're not. And it's so much fun to work with people that just automatically have faith. You tell them, we're going to go do this. All right. You know, they're on. But but they've experienced it. I mean, when God has set you free from such a powerful life controlling issue, and then, you know, then, then he asks you to take a step of faith, you're going, hey. Uh, no, no atheists in that room. Like they, yeah. hey, I believe God, and I believe He can do whatever yeah. He asked me to do. And, and the, isn't that an incredible? It's incredible. Testimony? And here's the thing that I'd love for our listeners to hear: is you can't deny, deny testimony. Yep. You can't deny it because this person is telling you this is what my life was, and other people yeah. are verifying it. And here I am today. I don't care what you say about science or counseling mm-hmm. or theology or philosophy. This testimony is real, and their lives have been changed, and that matters. Amen. And 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 it's fun to watch transformation. I walked in the doors one day, and a guy had these big old thick bandages around both arms. And I was busy, but I walked through the front doors. He was sitting over there, and just you could see hurt and pain all over him. And I walked over, and I sat down, and I said, welcome home. And I said, what's your wow. name? He said, my name's Robert. And I said, well, Robert, you're at home now. We love you. We're going to do everything we can to help you. You know, is there anything I can do for you right now? No, no, I'm just waiting for them to get me into the program. Who knew this guy was one of the best saxophone players you'd, you'd ever imagine. And he was a, a technology profession that did all kind of MRIs and all kind of stuff. He had all kinds of talents and skills, but was ending up working in the mm-hmm. um, <laughs> adult theater kind oh, of man. industry. And here he is, but he had tried to commit suicide and he was sitting there with bandages all across his arm. God totally restored Robert's life. And and we had another guy named Tony that had come in that was a nightclub player, mm-hmm. drug addict. And the two of them, <laughs> we had the best band in the <laughs> history of Teen Challenge because Robert showed up and Tony showed up. And I tried to hire him to say, stay with me and travel with me. Just the two of you, you know, let my, I, I don't even have to say much. If I could say, y'all share your testimony and sing, you know, play your horn and I'm going to be, we're going we're gonna to raise money and we're going to have fun. But it, just watching transformation happens. It's so rewarding. And I know for the families that are wanting to see that for their child, it's possible. That's right. The it's enemy possible. came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to bring oh, life, life and to restore it all. So yeah. yeah. Um, we're wrapping up our time together. Jerry, any final words you want to offer? Words of hope to those who are yeah. uh, personally suffering, maybe you know, it, it's always amazing on the things like this that you never know who might actually right. be listening. Sure, yeah. And so sure. today there may be people 
who are suffering, you know, they, they got into drugs. Maybe, maybe they're one of those people who had an accident, mm-hmm. started taking, you know, something that was prescribed to them and it got out of control. You know, maybe there's people who are addicted to pornography. Yeah. You know, they're, they, they need hope. Mm-hmm. Can you offer a final word? And then, and, hey, and could I, could I say this as well? Not not just the not just the results of the issues, not just the pornography or the drugs and alcohol, but God can deliver you of those things. But He also can get to the root issues. Absolutely, you know, absolutely um, the mental health issues, the other issues. The Lord can restore at levels that are just incredible. Amen. You know, I ask a girl named Lada, abused her whole life by an alcoholic father at 12. She was prostituting herself in the streets of Czech Republic. Long story short, totally restored because she came into Teen Challenge, found her way in the Teen Challenge. Mm. Beautiful testimony of how God just rescued her. Mm. I asked her one time, I said, Lada, if you, because we recorded her testimony, I said, Lada, if you'd had anything to say to any other person struggling with addiction, today, what would you say? Mm-hmm. And she said, if you're alive, there's hope. Amen. <laughs> I'm like, this is from the mouth of someone that stood in the streets at 14 yeah. years old and prostituted herself because her father was beating her to, to untold pain in her home and drove her to the streets. But she found Teen Challenge in the Czech Republic and found hope. So if you're breathing, there is hope for you. Amen. <laughs> and you Amen. want me to pray? I would love Amen. for you to pray. Oh, God. Mm. Wow, God, you, you're you're so good. And mm. I have seen you in Africa. I have seen you in Asia and Bombay and Mumbai. I've seen you, God, restore lives all around this world. And so Everyone listening today, God, there is hope for them also. There's not a person here, not a mom, not a dad, not a, a boy or a girl who is a, a part of this, this, this broadcast that doesn't have an opportunity to see change and to find true hope and a true restoration. Mm. And I know you're saying to yourself, that can't happen for me, but it can it can happen for you. God loves you. There is hope for you. Stop listening to that lie and call out for help. Reach out to someone for help. There's Teen Challenges, 185 of them across America. And even if you can't come into a long-term program, we will help you find a place of hope. There'll be resources listed on this broadcast as we close the program. So I just want you to know there's help for you. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Amen. Jerry, thanks for joining us for these last two episodes. We loved having you here. Yeah, good to be here, man. Thanks for letting me be the first guest of your twosome became a threesome. (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you for joining us for Truth and Grace with John and Mark. We always value your time. Join us next week when we will discuss an important issue that will bring hope, help, and encouragement to you. In the meantime, God bless. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable, and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. The Christian life is not one we can live alone. Here at World Challenge, our constituent care team is here to pray for you. 
Give us a call at 1-833-WC-PRAISE. That's 1-833-927-7297. John and Mark will be back next week to offer their insight into how believers can live, love, and lead well in a broken world. We'll see you next time.